What's up, guys? My name is Ty Treherne, and you are listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Ty. How's it going? Good. How are you? It's Bruce Moore, my partner, Chris. Nice to meet you guys. It's going well. You guys doing okay? Yeah. Where are you? Is that Mississippi? It is Mississippi. Yeah, that's where that's where we are. Yeah. What's it like down there? Is it just like the rest of the country or is it kind of better uh, off? Man, that's a that's a good question. It's uh it's interesting to say the least. Um it, there's you know there's good and bad just like just like everywhere you go, man. Um I think there's a lot of a lot of really cool things that are hidden down here, especially if you've lived here for a long time, you start to learn, you know, different things about the state and about the people and everything, but um definitely have a a lot to to work on and to figure out obviously if you anyone that watches the news will probably be able to tell you that so uh, so yeah man it's uh it's it is what it is i've lived here all my life but um you know definitely can recognize that so right what's the the covid situation like down there man it's uh honestly it's not nearly as bad as other places that i've seen i've i've definitely figured that you know, there's obviously going to be stuff here, but just the lack of testing and the lack of resources that the state has right now, it's almost hard to tell, like, you know, what the definite number is, Yeah. Um, you know, in terms of just like legitimate statistics and facts and everything, though, I, I think that we're doing better than most places are. I think the other day, my particular county only had like 12 positive tests. Um, yes. Yeah. Is Mississippi a pretty urban county or is it more of a rural county or urban state or rural state? It, it depends on where you are, man. Uh, if you go to a place like um, like Hattiesburg, for example, um, that's a pretty, I would say, a pretty urban town. You know, it's not, there's not really a lot of like rural area here. It's very modern. It's very progressive. But if you go to a place like, I don't know, like all love to Starkville and everything. But if you go to Starkville, then you're pretty much driving around and, you know, a farm until you yeah. get to the campus that you know the colleges are out over there and everything so like right it's it's weird man it's only like you know you travel maybe an hour to a different city and it's like a completely different place that you're in so it's um it's not like a florida or a you know or a texas where it's like okay this is i'm in texas i'm in florida i'm in you know nevada wherever if you're in mississippi you're gonna be in like a million different places at once. So I only ask because I'm from Canada and I've only lived in the United States for like States three for like years. Three years. Okay, I'm jealous. I, I would kill to be in a different country right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> yeah, especially Canada, man. Uh, one of my one of my favorite bands right now, uh, Spearbox, oh, is yeah. out there. So, um, dude, love what they do. Love Courtney Laplante. I'm like simping over her big time. So that's, that's, uh, yeah, definitely love Canada. I would love to get out there and see what that's all about. Y'all have some, uh, what's the, uh, is it the breakfast restaurant? The really, really, I don't, I don't want to call it the huddle house. Is that what it is? That's out in Canada. No, most people go to Tim Hortons in Canada. It is Tim Hortons, dude. I've been itching to try Tim Hortons. I hear nothing but good things about it. So whatever I, Whenever I get out there, man, I gotta I gotta try Tim Hortons, and then I'll let you know. Their coffee uh, is like crack. It's like yeah, you, you you go there and you order a double double, and that's like a coffee with two cream, two sugar. They just call it a double double. 
and you yeah. you take it and it's just like for like the next hour you're just like all right <laughs> <laughs> off the wall let's go yeah, yeah that's awesome I'll i think, definitely i don't know if they put extra caffeine in it or what but it's different than any coffee you'll ever have it's just Dude, jacks some, some things you don't even have to question if it works it, <laughs> yeah. so let's Let's take this back to uh, to your music here. So let me give you let me give you a, a brief little uh, a brief little thing. And normally we do our, we've been doing podcasts for a couple of years, and it's the brutally delicious podcast. But it's mostly been focused on heavier metal and heavy rock kind of stuff. Yeah, awesome. we've just started expanding. So you know you're one of our newer episodes here. So for those fans not familiar with Ty Trahern, can you give us like the two room boardroom pitch? Or two sentence boardroom pitch. Two sorry, room boardroom. Yeah, two room, yeah, for sure. Um, so I would like to ideally describe myself as an artist that doesn't really like to limit himself based on genres. Um, I just make music. I love what I write. I love who I work with. Um, I come from, ironically enough, since we're talking about you know the podcast being what it is. I come from a metal background. I come from a heavier music uh, community. All of my friends were in metal bands. I grew up listening to all of that stuff. Um, but found myself in a predicament where I could only play music if it was just me. And I felt at the time very green and very limited, you know, one guy can't play a five piece style of music. So I was like, okay, we're just gonna have to figure this out. And I ended up getting put into a place where I started working on this project, this, uh, I guess, singer songwriter style stuff. And we just kept leaning into getting more alternative and getting more weird with it. And then, um, just, writing whatever comes naturally and, and, you know, creating stuff that we feel is, um, accessible to people that like all sorts of different styles of music while right. also remaining true to, you know, the things that I love and the things that I want to write. So, um, I feel like there's something for everybody with what I do. And I know that's almost very cliche and generic and artists say that all the time, but, um, coming from that type of niche background that we discussed, you know, I feel like it comes through in music that I write sometimes in a, in a subtle way, of course, you know, I'm, right. I'm playing blast beats or anything on the radio, but like, I would love to do that if that were ever an opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man, that's, that's kind of, that's, I guess that would be the, the pitch that I would hopefully give to somebody that has literally no clue who I am. It's just, I, it was described to me from a press article that we recently had as, uh, just genreless music. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever because in 2020 genre is essentially dead and out the window, you know, I mean, you can look at artists and you can see that they're doing all sorts of different things. Um, and just being creative and just having fun with making music. And, um, that's the coolest thing ever to me. So. Right. Are you doing anything different to keep up with your fans? During this uh, time of COVID, you're doing any live streams or any kind of Twitches or gaming people are doing any kind of, anything like that? Uh, so I've been doing a lot of stuff on some of my personal pages. As far as the official music pages and everything like that, all my business profiles, um, I've really wanted to be methodical with the approach of how we go about that because it's almost as if that's becoming an oversaturated market now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see a lot of bands doing the live stream stuff, which is all great. You know, I think it's really, really cool, especially considering what we're, you know, involved in with the climate right now. But um, I've had discussions with my team and and we've all agreed that if we're ever going to do anything like that, it needs to be done the right way, um, especially with the new record on the way. You know, we want to make sure that the first impression is really, really strong. And um, right now, 
the focus is just on putting the content out. It's just on getting the music released, um, making sure that we are able to engage people with that particular type of content um, and give them something to look forward to. So whenever those things do happen, whenever live streams happen, whenever shows come back into the fold, um, you know, all of that can be even more meaningful to them because they've had this new music to absorb, um, and take in. So, but the Twitch stuff, um, I definitely want to get more into that. That's super fun. Cause I love, love video games. And I have a buddy who, uh, he Twitch streams and we've talked about just, you know, getting online and just doing some stuff and hanging out and, um, you know, just having a good time. So those are all things that I'm, that I'm experimenting with right now and looking into for whenever the time is right. And we can do it to the best of our ability. Gotcha. I have, a, I have a question. So I was yeah, just go. listening to the single better off before we came on the air, which is a great yeah. song, by the way, really well done, really well Thanks. produced. I appreciate that. Um, but your voice is really low when I'm talking to you. What is your vocal range? Uh, man, I wish I could give you the technical answer for it, but I really have no idea how any of that works. I just, <laughs> I, I genuinely just go in and I hate to say it, but genuinely just go in and wing it. Like I have, I have warm ups and stuff obviously that I do, but I didn't even start, you know, really focusing on that until this year, uh, and the year obviously prior in 2019, when we were working on the record, um, to better develop and take care of my voice whenever shows were happening. And then, um, you know, studio versus shows that that's a completely different environment to prepare your voice for. Um, so I've had to learn a lot about that, but the, I mean, all the technical things like, you know, am I, what is it? Alto soprano tenor, all that stuff. Like I can't tell you, man, I just, we go in, we write melodies, we see what works and what doesn't. And, uh, and I just sort of go in and, and figure that out. But since you asked me, I'm going to go ahead and probably look into that and, and find out because <laughs> I probably should know. <laughs> it would be helpful. Um, but yeah, man, I just, I just sort of do it. I actually, um, I've really never been into singing until 2017, 2018. Oh, wow. I've always been more of a, uh, always focused more on instrumentals, always been more of a guitar player. I've always loved to write songs and compose and, um, all the songs that I write, they start out instrumentally, like vocal melodies, just, they originate from leads that I write, um, you know, on guitar. So that's, that's always been more of my like domain and more of my familiarity with music. Yeah. Uh, but then, like I mentioned earlier, I was kind of put into a position where I was like, you know, I want to play music, but the only person that I can truly count on and rely on in this circumstance is myself to get it done. So I'm going to have to, learn how to do these things. And so, um, you know, learning how to sing has been a challenge and I'm still not nearly where I want to be with it yet, but I'm, you know, working on it every day. And I think that, you know, in some of the sh uh, songs, it definitely shows. Um, but yeah, man, just, uh, just working, just kind of winging it. Don't really know what I'm doing, but well, you wouldn't know it by listening to the tracks. They sound great. <laughs> Thank you, man. Yeah. I really, I've had, a, I've had Jonathan Dolis, um, my producer, one of my best friends, he was, such an awesome mentor and a guide to kind of help me find, um, you know, my voice and what I needed to do to sound the certain way that I wanted to sound and how to, you know, make those songs feel, um, way bigger and way better than they already were. So, um, you have the, him to thank for that really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I just signed up because, um, I, I just signed up for something called the 30 day singer. I don't know if you've seen that, but no, it's I'm like 30 days of vocal lessons. And it's like, they charge what 25 bucks a month or something. Wow. Okay. Very. Who's the, uh, who's the instructor? Is it like a, like, a uh, it, I don't know who they are. One of them is like a really famous, 
uh, Canadian Broadway star. Um, mm-hmm. They have a bunch of them on there, but it was founded by the guys that are, they teach lessons on the voice, like uh, the, sh- right. the TV show, the voice. So it, yeah. was, it was founded by the people that coach the people on the voice, if that makes any sense. That's awesome. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. The voice, man, I've been starting to watch that a lot more recently, especially after, uh, uh, Matt McAndrew and slaves have been knocking it out of the park lately. Yeah. Um, at least in my opinion. And he was, uh, he was from that show. I think he worked with Adam Levine at one point. And cool. so it's been really interesting to see the transition of him going from that sort of environment to the scene now. Um, and just, you know, flawlessly pulling it off. So, yeah. um, We've been trying to study that a lot more and watch that. So one thing I noticed about your track is that it uh, about the track better off. It sounds like real instruments. It, yeah, is it all real instruments? Some of it is. Some of it is not. Um, so all of the guitars and everything, um, all the string based instruments, that's all real and organic. Yeah. Um, the percussion element, we incorporate a lot of samples. Yeah, which is course. really interesting because it offers. Um, it offers a different dynamic. We tried to do the live drums thing. We tried to use the full kit on the last record that we worked on, and it started to get way too muddled and way too generic. Wait, one second. Oh, uh, you're good. You're good. <laughs> Bruce. Everything okay? Bruce. Yeah, I'm gonna mute. Keep talking. Okay, no, you're fine. You're fine. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. I, I take it it's a dog. Is what's going on? Yeah, yeah. Bruce has. Yeah, it's a, a, uh, a hundred fifty yes, pound day and a little shit dog that <laughs> thinks I'm on the porch. I'm gonna mute you. Keep talking. <laughs> okay. You're good. Um, that's awesome. That's great. Um, but yeah, man. No, it's uh the percussion stuff is it's mostly samples, and then here and there we'll throw in a few uh, organic things if we feel they're necessary. But um, yeah, we like I said, we tried the live drum thing, we tried the full kit, and it just it didn't necessarily capture the I want I for lack of better term the theatrical feel of what we wanted the songs to come off like in yeah. terms of just making something that was just like arethal and just big and you know whenever you listen to it, it's almost like, okay, this is not just a normal, ordinary recording. Like this is something, um, there's an atmosphere involved in this that you couldn't necessarily get out of, unfortunately, um, you know, out of the kit right now. I I think a lot of pop music though, requires kind of creation, you know, instead of performance a lot of the time. I mean, there's, I mean, creation is a performance in its own right. I believe personally, like, programming takes a lot of knowledge you know it's not it's not something that you can just be like everyone's always like oh it's just a drum machine well no it's not it's not that easy (laughs) Uh, not at all and and that's all again to the credit of jonathan who has blown that out of the park he is a wizard when it comes to production and just you know introducing sounds and ideas that i would have never have ever thought of, um, or maybe he can be the guy to find the way to take what I'm thinking and trying to explain, which I do very, very poorly and, <laughs> um, and really take it and just like know exactly what to do. Um, and even make it better in a lot of instances, he's, he's just brilliant at that. And so like being able to sit down and watch him do that and find just the right thing, because like you said, it's, it is an art form in itself. You know, anybody can go on, you know, onto a computer and, and dial in samples, but obviously there's so much more that goes into that and capturing just the right sound. Um, and then you introduce things like vocal layering and, 
synthesizers and um, all the tools that are necessary to really create um, the dynamic of the song, which, you know, if you hit a drum every now and then, you may not necessarily be able to accomplish that. And that's at, you know, no disrespect whatsoever to drummers or anything like oh, that. God, no. You know, obviously there's tons of different artists and bands that can incorporate kits and, you know, incredible type stuff to come out of it. I mean, like, I think one of the most underrated bands when it comes to percussion is Architects. I love what they do uh, percussive-wise. Nice. But, but for us, you know, that's not something that we felt was appropriate for this record, at least. Yeah, Definitely yeah. wouldn't ever say, you know, no in the future, because like I said, I love that kind of stuff, man. But um, well, even, we if, even, if you, little- even if you look at a band like 21 Pilots, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, hell. Absolutely. They'll go, sometimes they'll have real drums, sometimes they won't. Sometimes they'll have real instruments, sometimes they won't. Like mm-hmm. like Car Radio might be one of my favorite songs ever. Nice. From them, which is such a great track. <laughs> right, absolutely. But, yeah. you know, the, I can't remember the name of their new track that they just put out now. But it, there's... Uh, I there, it's, think it's, is it Level of Concern? I think so, yeah. But yeah. It's, it's nothing even close to Car Radio. It's because they they're they're not pigeonholing themselves into like okay we have to do this right you know, they could just do whatever they want and that kind of sounds like what you're doing yeah no definitely i mean even you you bring up a really good point because of that band specifically i mean you look at the jump from that record vessel which is in my opinion at least one of the greatest pop records ever yeah uh, i think that record front to back is great i mean tracks like um the run and go which is super underrated um the opener ode to sleep i believe is the 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 introduction to the record like all those are great songs but then you go from that to blurry face which really put them into the mainstream and um it's just insane what they're able to do um and not be limited and that's kind of back to what we were saying earlier with genres man i feel like you can if you pigeonhole yourself into a specific genre and you decide i want to do this one thing and we're just going to completely rule out all the other possibilities when it comes to making music then you really limit what the songs can be. And I think that should be at the forefront of every artist's intention with writing music is making sure that it's what benefits the song. That's Uh, an interesting take. I like that. Yeah. I just, I mean, that's something that again, Jonathan and I had a lot of discussions about, you know, because we would come in and write songs and um, there's obviously the intention of wanting to make sure that everything is cohesive and that there's common themes, especially with a full length record. Um, But if you limit what, is on the full length record. If you limit those tracks, then it's just going to be lifeless essentially. Like there's not going to be, you know, the songs aren't going to feel important to the listener. And I think the goal should be to make every single song that you write as, you know, the best song that it can be. Um, and everything else will just naturally fall into place. Um, so yeah, again, like you said, it's an interesting take and I'm sure that there's a ton of other artists that, um, may have a different opinion on that, but that's the beauty of it is because it's all subjective and, and you do what works for you. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's been a, a formula that's been working for us so far, I would say. That's so, awesome. Yeah, for sure. Bruce? I got nothing else. I don't man. Thank you so much for joining us today. Ty. I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, 
host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to Something About the Beatles, now at Evergreen and wherever you get your podcasts.